Hello, and welcome to When They Popped. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Mary. What's up, Mare? What's up, girl? Not much. How are you? I'm great. My voice is officially 95% back. We've missed her. So I'm going to be singing probably more than normal. I apologize to your ears in advance. But before we get into today's episode, we have some piping hot tea from the Y2K streets. Mary, tell the people what everyone is gossiping about today. A legendary night was announced today, Kels. And it is a legendary night with Joey Fatone and AJ McLean, Backstreet Boys in sync. The consensus I got was everyone was pretty excited. I know it's not the same as getting an sync tour or Backstreet Boys tour, but I was telling Kelsey, it's like it's like going to a Knicks show. Like it, it fills the void, even if it's not everybody. It'll scratch the itch, you know? And th- that's all. We're just trying to get by with what they're willing to give us, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. We're, I don't want to say we're scraping the bottom of the barrel because I don't feel that way. I think AJ has such strong vocals. I'm actually really excited to see him perform solo. But it is tough to hear, you know, a song that you're used to, beautiful harmony done solo. However, I'm not complaining. I can't wait to see it. If anyone's going to the Boston or Fort Lauderdale shows, Hit us up. Let us know. We'd love to meet you guys. Yes. And just support our guys. But what do you think, Kels? Should we talk about another one of our guys? Oh, God. The guy. The The big guy. guy. (laughs) Let's do it. So Max Martin is someone we mention in passing almost every episode that we've dedicated to music. He's indisputably the king of Y2K pop and arguably, at the very least, the co-creator of the Swedish signature sound and the concept of melodic math. However, Max and his colleagues did not just leave that sound behind in the 2000s, but instead influenced and shaped pop music throughout the decades today. While it's arguable that his musical formulation evolved with time, we can still hear those signature heavy-hitting beats, quickly approaching choruses, and lyrics that don't always quite make sense from artists that top the charts today. Let's be real. Max Martin has been in a perpetual, prolonged pop since 1999. (laughs) I love it. Just pop, pop, popping along. He's been so successful that people have surmised that he has like an actual formula or equation that makes his song such friggin' bops because everyone wants to know what is that secret to chart toppers every single time he touches a keyboard. And I am in the same position, Kels. I always thought there was like this mathematical formula, but Max disputed this. In 2016, he was awarded a Polar Music Prize and he gave a very rare sit down, fairly lengthy interview. And he said there is no formula, there is no equation, and instead describes what he does as a toolbox of tricks. So he's looking for a balance. He said, if the verse is busy, you won't find a busy pre-chorus in his songs. Keep it simple, but also interesting. Less is more, right? The trick is to write something simple that, that's still interesting. Mm. And it's, it's pretty, it's, it's hard mm. to do that. Mm. And, and also at the same time, be unique and, mm. and, uh, and all of that. Because mm. there are only so many notes, you know. Mm. So we have to take every trick we can to fool ourselves to get there. I thought it was really interesting how he would talk about striking that balance between streamlined but not monotonous, memorable but not too repetitive. Mm. That's like an art all in itself. And dare we say, our our man's cracked the code. And thank God he has, because like, what would music be without 
him or that. But so as you may recall, depending how long you've been with us, we went through all of our favorite Max tracks from Y2K in our very first episode, The Pop Genius of Max Martin. And I would highly recommend revisiting that episode first. If you hadn't, we discuss Max's upbringing, his roots, his time spent learning from the late great Dennis Pop, another Swedish producer, and how he got his start with the likes of, uh, I don't know, Britney, Backstreet Boys, and NSYNC. AKA our holy trinity of <laughs> pop music. <laughs> right. And so what we're going to talk about in this episode is this continuation of his success and influence far beyond that era. And we're going to look at some of the songs he's created more in the late 2000s, 2010s, and even 2020s. Some of these songs may surprise you. And I think that just goes to show how involved and pivotal Max is in shaping the sound of pop music and music in general as a whole. The man transcends trends and time. Max, we are healthily obsessed with you. Please come on the pod. We don't bite, but we do sing badly. We're not the only ones who are obsessed either, Kels. Like, titans in the industry recognize Max and his role in music. I mean, Simon Cowell is singing his praises. Has he ever done that about anyone? I can't describe the impact Max has made on the music scene over the years. I don't think Max is human. I think Max was made in Sweden to make hit records because nobody human can do what he's done over the years it is literally unbelievable is max human i don't know i know i think the only other person simon has said nice things about is like paula abdul while they're like flirting together on american idol (laughs) he also has been very nice about britney which i appreciate so i don't have to like come for him but um (laughs) i think he's actually like a nice guy but yeah this polar award interview that max did it's on youtube highly recommend checking it out but man seeing all of these celebrities talk about max and they all say the same things about how hardworking he is how just like a genius he is in the studio it's really very cool yes and max reflects a bit in this interview just like how music has changed from the early 2000s and onwards and in his own words he Pharrell came and ruined everything. And he he obviously said that with a laugh. He was joking. He expressed a ton of respect for Pharrell and his production. The sound from the Neptunes was an entirely new direction for music at the time. And instead of letting that kind of be the end of his era, it inspired Max to evolve with this change in sound and getting outside of his self-described Sharon bubble. I would argue that, however, some things never change and have remained a part of Max's production style, even as the trends have evolved. And so we got to stop beating around the bush. Let's go through some of these and see if we can hear Max's signature sound or maybe not. You know, I'm very interested to see kind of the um, how the sound has changed and stayed the same. And just a refresher, if you're new here, the music stylings of Max Martin tend to include as defined by Billboard, quote, bombastic electric beats, sledgehammer keyboards, and a ridiculous amount of earworm hooks. Further, a song should be recognizable within one or two seconds. And this originated from former DJ Dennis Pop. His goal was to keep people on the dance floor. And he figured that if they knew the next song right away, they'll keep on dancing. They won't leave. So Let's see if we can pick up on these trends in the songs we talk about today. And of course, we need our disclaimer. So we do not own or claim to own the rights to the songs or performances in this episode. The purpose of these clips is for commentary and critique. 
Okay, so you all know the Max Martin early Y2K pop bops. But as Mary mentioned, we want to highlight some of the hits you may not know were Max. Listen, your dad loves Max. We love Max. We all love Max. So let's talk about the range. Mary, will you get us started, please? Yes. Okay. So Kelsey and I, to highlight this, picked two completely different songs on opposite ends of the spectrum. And the first one I'm going to start with is It's My Life by Bon Jovi. So this is a song I love to spring on people that I'm educating about Max Martin because it's so freaking unexpected. Like he went from baby one more time to this. Also because it's just a perfect marriage of an ode to his rock roots, which we discussed in our first episode. He also incorporates his signature elements of a catchy pop song. Like you cannot tell me that song does not get in your head. Max had written It's My Life long before John Bon Jovi and Richie Sambora had any idea that this was going to be their song. Let's look at the sound. It's not just those chord progressions. Those pumping verses, the way the backing vocals blend in with the lead vocal. It's my Those heavy hitting wah wahs. Wow, wow. The pronunciation of the words it's my life. It's my life. Like Max Martin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my polar opposite of it's my life is. An underrated karaoke bop that frankly hits every time. So write this down if you are searching for your next go-to karaoke hit. <laughs> That's the way it is by my queen, Celine, which debuted in 1999. Oh my God. This is one of those songs. I think you described it perfectly Mary or whoever wrote that, that you need to know exactly what the song is within two seconds. Because both of these songs, as soon as you hear the first two seconds, yes. you start screaming and you're like, it's my song. Oh my God. That's what these songs evoke, albeit in very different ways. So it's no surprise that to write this song, Max worked with some of his frequent collaborators, including Andreas Carlson and Christian London. So Christian, we love because he wrote Quit Playing Games With My Heart. With my heart. And tearing up my heart. It's tearing up my heart when I'm with you. The man loves to sing about the heart, literally, figuratively, <laughs> emotionally. He also did Bye Bye Bye. And Born to Make You Happy for Brit. So love Christian. I believe that this song was Celine's first time working with Max, and it was obviously super successful. It peaked within the top 10 in several countries, thankfully the U.S. included for once we got it right, and Billboard listed it as one of the greatest songs of 1999. Something I love about this song is, this is something I've attributed to Max Martin, but I just think it's common in music, but I'm just going to go with it. We get a great key change in the final chorus, and I just find that to be very common in all his work. Don't give up on your day. Let us do the 
I can't, I'm not even going to pretend to sing it. So. <laughs> and that's the way it is. I'm with you. The key change, 100%. It keeps it interesting. It keeps you hanging on until the very last moment. But this one is obviously really different from those, what we would consider those hard hitting beats that we often talk yes. about with Max. But you immediately start nodding your head. And again, you know exactly what that song is within the first two seconds. So even though it may not seem like these two songs are super similar at first blush, once you hear the Max influence, you can't unhear it. Basically, if you like a song, it's probably <laughs> Literally. So now that we're familiar, we're reminded of the insanity of this man's range and reach. We want to talk about some other songs that Max has graced with his presence. Again, many of these songs are not Y2K, but... This guy's, you know, behind the music of legit every era of pop. And we believe that this needs to be recognized because he's the soundtrack to our lives. Okay, let's ping pong some faves, Kels. I'm going to start now with a song from 2015. Uh, I bet a lot of you didn't know I Can't Feel My Face by The Weeknd is a Max Martin bop. I can't feel my face when I'm with you. But I love it. But I love it. Now, this song for me introduced me to The Weeknd. Like, I had heard him on Drake mixtapes and stuff, but, like, I felt like this was one of his first radio-friendly hits, basically. And it earned him comparisons to Michael Jackson. It was certified Diamond and nominated for two Grammys. And this song's described as a synth-laden, upbeat pop song with a sleek slice of retro-modern disco Bunk. Complex wrote, quote, the song has a classic pop feel to it with The Weeknd channeling a bit of Michael Jackson while crooning over the bouncy and energetic production from Max Martin. I concur. It's like very boom, 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 boom. Very upbeat. I just love it. Max Martin's production was described as smooth satin you get the drift it was named by rolling stone as the best song of 2015 are you surprised by this one at all kels uh, yeah yeah I, i'm really surprised <laughs> also you mentioned that it was named the best song of 2015 yeah i wonder if we went back and looked like how many of the best songs of whatever right? year would be max martin's probably all of them <laughs> and if they're not i have beef I have a problem. Like, I want to see what one instead, and they should have to argue their case to us. Because I, yeah, I legit great. didn't know that this was a Max Martin song, <laughs> literally until I saw you include it in our roundup. <laughs> <laughs> and as you mentioned earlier, I've never heard a bad word whispered about this man. And The weekend is no exception. He talked about his time working with Max saying, quote, Max and I have literally become the best of friends, but I don't do that with many people. It's not that I can't, but a collaboration is a relationship. It's like a marriage. You've got to build up to it, quote. And so I just feel like Max really tries to, you know, get in with his artists and understand who he's working with because that's, I feel like, I know nothing about this as a mere lawyer, but like, <laughs> like you have to know who you're writing with and working right. for and like know what they're going through and stuff to write a song that's like gonna hit. It's, otherwise, it's just inauthentic, right? Right. And like the trust that you have to build. Cara Diaguardi, we yes. talked about that. She touched on that in her book, which we did an episode on. It's really intimate, you know, like you're talking to some sure. of these people about some of the hardest times they've gone through, some of the most exciting times they've gone through. Like you really 
really have to be able to mirror a lot of emotions and somehow translate those in a way that millions of people will like it and want to like dance to it or cry to it. It's such a vulnerable place to be with a stranger. You, yes. I think you really have to be a special personality to be able to gel with so many different... I mean, imagine if this guy wrote a tell-all book. Like, obviously, he never would. But like, <sighs> if I could trade brains with somebody for a day, I would want to trade Literally. Jack Martin and just know, like, have all his memories downloaded into my brain. Besides Britney Spears, I don't know a celebrity that I haven't met already that I would want to meet more than him. Like, that's just my, like the person I'm so interested in. He's been exposed and around so many of our favorites. Like instead of meeting one favorite, just meet him because you'll get stories about all your favorites. But <laughs> I digress. Through osmosis, what, you meet them all. What do you have for me, Kels? Okay, my first one is I Don't Care by Ed Sheeran and Justin Bieber. Because I don't care when I'm with my baby yeah. All the bad things disappear You're making me feel maybe I am somebody so listen, this song may be about not caring about things, but one thing I do really care about is this song. Tis a certified bop, and frankly, I believe it's criminally underrated. This song had 2019 by the throat, <laughs> thanks to these tattooed crooners. And I am embarrassed to say this, but I did not realize this was a Max Martin song myself. I didn't either. It, it feels more subtle than his old stuff that I'm so used to. So I guess I'm just a bad fan, okay? No, I mean, it's just hard to keep up with everything that he's done and still doing. That's all it is. He's a chameleon, a musical chameleon. So this song was hugely successful. It peaked at number one in 26 countries, but not in the U.S. Why do we suck so bad? It only got to number two on the huh. Billboard 100, which, which is why I think it's criminally underrated. And just once again, goes to show why we feel like the charts don't always capture the cultural zeitgeist. You know, welcome to When They Popped, where we will never stop talking about how I Want It That Way was never number one. So this song was so freaking popular, it broke Spotify's single day streaming record with more than 16.2 million streams in 24 hours. Wow. Like, who was playing that song on repeat just endlessly to make this? That's like insane. Well, I've heard that artists today, their teams hire like stream farms. Isn't that crazy? Or like a listen. It's, so it's like a listening party on steroids. It's like bots. It's like stream bots. Oh, my God. Well, hopefully that wasn't even necessary because this song is just so good that it happened organically. <laughs> I haven't heard about it for this song. That's all I will say. Well, thank God. And I feel like people were excited about this one because this was the fourth collaboration between Justin and Ed, which is kind of funny when you think about it. They've been on so many other songs together. For example, they were both featured on Lil Dicky's 2019 song, Earth, which came out for Earth Day at 2019. This song is legitimately amazing to me. Like, I sing it all the time unironically because I thought it was so funny when Lil Jon goes what the fuck I'm a clam what the fuck I'm a clam that is the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life they also co-wrote Justin Bieber's 2015 song Love Yourself cause if you like the way you look that much oh baby you should go and love yourself I think Ed Sheeran wrote it and then like leaked it to him when he was drunk. There's some funny story. I think there. so too. Yeah. And then they also collabed on Major Lazer's 2016 Cold Water. Right. 
so amazing that they worked with Max to bring one more bop to life just for us. He's credited as a producer, songwriter, and backing vocals and keyboard. Is there anything the man can't do? I love when I see that. I love when he sings because he's also like so humble about how he started as like a rock band guy himself. And I just think it's really interesting that while he didn't find success in his own band, he's been able to help so many other artists find their own success. I think that's even like more special. Oh, yeah. And he's so humble. If you watch that Polar interview, he's just like super like self-deprecating and hilarious and just like so unassuming. Like you would never assume that this man is this man, you know, like I, <laughs> this I man, <laughs> this man is this man. <laughs> OK, great pick. Love. I don't care. I mean, I had no idea. I had no idea. And we, we should know. So now we do. Okay. <laughs> and now so do you, Arliss. You're welcome. Okay, next one. I'm going to do a two for one. So we have not talked about this artist before, but I do like a good handful of her songs. And that is Ellie Golding. Max Martin has worked with her on two occasions that I want to highlight. The first one is her 2015 song, on my mind. Okay, so this song had me by the throat when it came out. I was going through a breakup and just thought that this was the bee's knees. Very relatable. On My Mind is an electropop song with R&B influences. We get instrumentation with like scratchy guitars, trap drums. We'll hear that a lot with Max, these trap drums. And how about that intro? It's like... It's just like very wonky, unique, sonically, definitely recognizable right off the bat. MTV News called On My Mind, an up-tempo track that checks all the boxes of what makes a pop smash. It's got an insanely catchy beat, a chorus that will be stuck in your head for days, and lyrics that will make you think. <laughs> you just, like, Max Martin lyrics make me think, who the fuck wrote this? Yeah, like, wait, what are you <laughs> trying to make, say? It does make you think, though. It makes you think. I love that phrase, which is like, you think you know somebody. You think you know That's like in my brain in a loop. It's an earworm. It also got compared to Police's message in a bottle with these like wangy, twangy guitars that were heard throughout it. I didn't even notice that. Now I'm going to give Kelsey a chance to respond to this. Is this a response to Ed Sheeran's don't? Because that is the rumor. Don't Don't fuck with my love. Oh, I have heard some rumors about that. And he's like, we went to the hotel bar. And oh, yeah. He's like rapping. Room. Yes. <laughs> but he's trying to have the sex, of course. And so you disappear with him to have sex, of course. Like the way. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. My friend Shelby is obsessed with Ed. She's going to kill me when she. <laughs> I was thinking of Shelby. I wanted you and Shelby to respond. But the next one by Miss Golding and Mr. Martin is. Love me like you do. So love me like you do. La la love me like you do. Love me like you do. La la love me like you do. 
quick pivot to a song that I would never, ever, ever attribute to Max Martin in a million trillion years. I would have bet the ranch against this being a Max Martin song, but when you get down to the music of it all, Let Me Like You Do is just ultimately an electro-pop power ballad, and we hear those synths. Crushing drums. And when you strip it down to that, it has all the signs of a song by the man of the hour. And a little story about Love Me Like You Do. They were looking for material for the Fifty Shades of Grey soundtrack and Republic Records were reaching out to various artists to help create this compilation soundtrack that would appropriately represent the film's tone. A Republic Records executive contacted Max's manager about writing a song for the film. And Max was working with a writing team at the time that actually included Tavlo. And apparently, Love Me Like You Do was being developed by Max and this team prior to the movie. And he was considering giving the song to Demi Lovato. However, Max thought that Love Me Like You Do would work and began tweaking the song for the inclusion of the movie. And again, I'm just looking for an example when he has been wrong because he, <laughs> he is right again. The song worked perfectly for the movie. It was arguably probably the one of the biggest songs from the soundtrack, if not the biggest. Give this man an EGOT. <laughs> Literally. I can't imagine Demi Lovato singing that song, though. Like, it needed, I think, Ellie's, like, really breathy yes. vocals. Like, light, airy, interesting. Okay, so this next one brings us right back to our American Idol days. Max has collaborated with Kelly Clarkson on some of her biggest hits, like Since You've Been Gone. We discussed this in our 2005 Billboard chart toppers episode. So listen to that if you haven't already. But this time we're talking about somebody else from American Idol. Yes, it's Adam Lambert. And his hit, If I Had You. But if I had you, that would be the only thing I ever need. Shout out to our listener, RP, who we know is a huge Adam Lambert fan. So (sighs) right out of the gates on this one, we get Max Martin with those heavy beats. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Like, you just want to be in the club immediately as soon as you hear this. Good luck if you're in a, like, a quiet place and <laughs> you hear this song. Because if I was in that movie and this song came on, I would die immediately. So this song was in Adam's debut album for your entertainment. Side note, remember the store, FYE. Like a CD movie store in the mall. I would spend hours in there and I was floored when my sister told me that FYE is stood for for your entertainment. I didn't know that. Did you? I did. I don't know if I knew that like right away, but I do know it now. Right. But like for years, I was like, fly. What a weird word. Yes. So maybe your CD store. I know. Oh, anyways, Max's fingerprints are all over this song from virtually every touch point. <laughs> Along with his frequent collaborator Shellback, Max is credited as a songwriter, producer, and keyboards. And Christian London, who we mentioned earlier, also contributed to production. That is the dream team right there. Only team I want to be on 
I love the stutter production you hear like in the chorus. He's like, if I had you, 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 you. It's a lot better than that, but definitely you can tell that there's some Swedish production on this. And he was talking about in the interview, the juxtaposition between like a bridge or a pre-chorus and a chorus. And so like before that final chorus, Adam's like singing really softly, like, that would be the only, and then it gets, yes. And then it hits extra hard for that final chorus. And it's just like, it's like so satisfying. It like, it feels right. If I had you, the money, fame, and fortune never could compete. It's a freaking bop. It scratches yes. all the itches. And I just want to personally thank Adam Lambert for championing the spiky shoulder pads blazer trend of 2010. <laughs> this video was very Kesha core at its finest. And Kesha even makes a cameo in the music video. So thank you for your service, Adam. Amazing. So I also have the next one. <laughs> Pivot to Selena Gomez. Can't keep my hands to myself. Can't keep my hands to myself. So I know this episode is about Max Martin's surprises, but I'm surprised that I'm surprised <laughs> by these songs. Because I would have never guessed that this song was Max Martin. I really feel like anytime I like a song, I'm like, oh yeah, of course it's Max Martin, just because I like it. Like that's yep. the only qualifier, basically. Anyways, I, I feel like maybe it's because this song is also, there's like five other co-writers mm. aside from Max and Selena herself. So maybe that's why he's not as noticeable, maybe his influence. Sure. But according to the Bible, AKA Wikipedia, Max was brought in to refine the original demo. So once he was brought into the fold and the demo was shared with him, apparently Selena was like not sure if she wanted to send what she had to Max already, but then she was like convinced and Max apparently like immediately responded through FaceTime. And he said it was the best thing he had heard all year. Can you imagine if you were sitting at lunch, you know, with your producer and he was like, hey, let's get a, a second opinion from like this guy, Max Martin. Right. And you heard those words come out of Max Martin's bearded mouth. What would you say? I would be like, well, I can retire now. Like, you know, like what else do I need to do? Max Martin said this is the, but I get it. It is a very good pop song. And if you listen to it, you have to listen really closely. But first of all, that intro, it starts with her whispering. Like, you don't tell me, you know what song that is right away when you hear, can't keep my hands to myself. Can't keep my hands to myself. Yep, those beats. And then at the final one, she's like, I mean, I could, but why would I, I, would I want, want to? to? Yeah, you get a great beat drop. Can't keep my hands to myself. I mean, I could, but why would I want to? I knew there was a reason I love this song. It is a great pop song, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, this song crushed it critically and commercially. It's one of those rare ones that everyone <laughs> fucking loves the second they hear it and the public agrees. And it was listed by a bunch of music publications as one of the best songs of 2015. There we go. There's another one. <laughs> oh, my God. So we bet in 2015. We bet in 2012. We bet in 2019. We're going to go to 2020 now for my next song with... Stupid Love by Lady Gaga. I want your stupid love, love, 
this song came out peak COVID and legitimately brought me back to life a little during the dark COVID days. This is a house-infused dance pop, electric pop, disco party song. Kels, can you believe this is the first time Lady Gaga and Max have ever worked together ever? (laughs) That's bananas. I know. I agree. So we actually get a bit of a backstory as to how this song came into be and Max's involvement. The background is Blood Pop, who's another Swedish producer, started the demo of this song, but felt like that it was missing something. And I mean, who do you call when your song is missing something? Blood Pop credits Max for having some fantastic ideas that really elevated the track. Gaga admitted she was at first a little hesitant to work with Max as she likes to write and produce on her own terms. And basically, like, I think that's probably the main reason why a lot of artists wait or hesitate to work with Max because he is so creatively involved. And obviously that's going to conflict a little with an artist who is also super creatively involved. But we can talk about that a little bit more later. But Gaga was just like, she's literally said, I quote, decided to stop being an asshole and meet him. And Lady Gaga explained, basically, I sang over a track that Blood Pot made. We sent over what I sang to Max. Max picked some parts out, sent it back to me. And then I wrote lyrics. I warmed up my voice, got in the booth. I sang it. And what you're hearing on Stupid Love is what we did that day. So interesting to note that like, Max only has a writing credit on this song. He doesn't have a production credit on it. So what you're hearing is his lyrical contribution, which I thought was very interesting. Imagine if you could just stop being an asshole. You could yeah, be- fine. I'll meet with Max Martin. Also, her music video for this is so joyful and so fun. I'm totally with you. She like saved a little bit of my soul during COVID. And I think she started the Barbie core trend. All right, so I have the honor of doing the next one. I'm back mm-hmm. with another beauty of a beat. Or should I say beauty and a beat? Ooh, by I Justin and Nicki Minaj. I think through this exercise, I have uncovered that I'm a believer. Oh, hell yeah. I got to keep an eye out for Selena. So when this song came out in 2012, I was peak club Kelsey going out every night of the week. Mom, if you're listening, which I learned over Christmas break, you listen to all my episodes. I went out after I studied. (laughs) But whenever this came on, you'd find me in the middle of the dance floor screaming, yeah, let's party like it's 30, 12 tonight. In like my business casual peplum and like turquoise and coral statement necklace. I can picture you in something like that. I really can. If you go far back enough in my Instagram, <laughs> it's there. It there. It's still there. It's tinged with Valencia filter, but you can still make out the vibrance of the coral and turquoise. <laughs> So this song was originally written by Zed for his debut album, Clarity. But mm-hmm. Zed didn't feel like it fit with the rest of the album. So he went to the big guns, Max Martin, Savan, Kotecha, and Nicki Minaj came together to write a new version for Justin's third studio album, Believe. And I'm just, I'm genuinely impressed by how many songs Max has worked on with so many other collaborators. Just It's amazing to me to imagine all of the hands that touch these songs and turn them into the bops that we love five ever. That's me being sappy over beauty Mm. and debate, but just genuinely like 
I think it's so interesting that he has this prowess and this status in the industry, but he's still working with all these, I don't know, music. I never really thought it was such a team sport until I started diving into Max Martin deeper. And it's so interesting. It, it raises so many more questions for me because it's like I've I've learned that you can get a writing credit for, you know, suggesting a word, you know, like, how about you change that to that? So I always am like, who was the brains behind this song? Actually, you see 10 writers listed, including the artists. And you're like, OK, but ac- who actually wrote this song right. and who contributed a word or two? Like, uh, just more questions than answers. But I totally agree. It speaks to him. And his ability to be a humble, successful king. And we love it. But okay, next. This next person I want to talk about, you would have thought that Max would have had a lot more songs with this person. And that's Christina Aguilera. Like, given the generation of pop music that she was part of, he only worked with her later in her in her career. And that's for two songs on her 2012 album, Lotus. So not one song or album before then did Max Martin ever work with Christina. Color me surprised. If I didn't know better, I'd be like, hmm, is it because he worked so much with like Britney? But he was writing for Backstreet Boys and NSYNC at the same time. So like, what the frick is the deal? So let's get into that. So in December of 2011, it was announced that Christina was teaming up with Max Martin on her comeback single for her upcoming album at the time, Lotus, and that single was Your Body. This was an actual like press release announcement because it was a very big deal. And the critics were critiquing. They were skeptical. For example, Billboard found this collaboration to be very surprising because Obviously, you know, Max had worked with Backstreet, Britney, and Sync, but this was the first time he had worked with Christina because she had previously, like, made the decision to differentiate herself from the aforementioned ex. She wanted to be different from, you know, the teeny boppers of the time, and so she opted not to work with him. And, I mean, I'm going to say, that's certainly a choice, but <laughs> a choice is a choice. That but- makes sense, though. I can totally, now that you say that, that yeah. makes a lot of sense to me. She didn't want to work with who everybody else and her peers were working with. So I I get it. But during an interview with Billboard, Christina commented on the Max of it all, saying, Max is legendary in the business. He's known about me, but we haven't crossed paths. It's taken us a decade in the same business and watching each other from a distance. So for us to now come together and respect each other's work ethic and how we like to be heard and making a marriage out of it, I think your body is the best culmination of that. So again, we're seeing an artist who really wants to be an artist. She doesn't want to have her control taken away by this like super pop producer. She wants to make sure her voice is still heard and her, you know, artistic integrity still is coming through. And I, again, I, I get that. I respect that. I would just be like, Max Martin, have your way with me and my music. <laughs> like, I don't care. I know. I wonder why everyone feels that way. Like, I don't know. It's interesting, the resistance from both her and Lady Gaga. I wonder, you know, if maybe Max has a reputation for sort of coming in and having a very distinct way that he wants to work. You know, everyone has their own process, but it's just interesting. It's su- it was super interesting. And 
you know, I liked the song. Your body is this kind of mid-tempo R&B vibe, electro, EDM, pop number. Definitely has like a dance pop undertone production. We hear some heavy synthesizers. Some hard-hitting beats. I definitely hear the influence, but for me, it definitely doesn't fit within that cookie cutter mold of his by any stretch of the imagination. No, but it doesn't sound like a song that I would particularly remember. It's not as memorable as his other ones. Like, I'm kind of like a little disappointed that this was their first collab. I like the second one that I want to touch on a little bit better. And that's another song off Lotus called Let There Be Love. It combines a multitude of genres like dance, pop, EDM, pop. Christina gave another quote about Max and kind of coming to Max. She said, we built a level of respect for each other. So at this point, coming together, embracing my true pop starness at this point in my career, having come full circle, I was able to really truly embrace it and embrace him. He gave me the freedom to really sing on these songs and have a little more creative freedom because I heard he is a stickler for melody and a melody king. And I was scared. I was like, oh my God, I won't be able to collaborate here, but he couldn't have been more great. And this is a really fun song, super up tempo. So again, we're seeing kind of what was going on in Christina's mind, being able to collaborate and not she's probably someone that's used to coming in and running the show, you know? And so to come together with this powerhouse who is also likely used to running the show, there's going to be some concerns. But I like the song. It's very upbeat. I hear his influence more in this song than your body. I like this song too. I agree. It's like a fun, dancey one. But to me, similarly to the first one we talked about, it doesn't really stand out to other songs of the time. It sounds so similar to like a Kesha song or like Chris Brown. I don't know. It just doesn't sound like a super unique, memorable tune to me. I I understand. I I mean, there's this wasn't like, you know, breaking the records. Right. You know, like some of the other songs we've talked about. So, but it's still great. I mean, pop is pop. Pepsi's Pepsi. My favorite kind of Pepsi, Pepsi's Pepsi. You know, we we love it. So (laughs) so what do you have for me next? Okay, banger alert. So the next song that surprised me that it's a Max Martin bop is Send My Love to Your New Lover by Adele from 2015. Send my love. Color me friggin' shocked. (laughs) This song to me is like the equivalent of the feeling of doing that wave motion thing with your hand up and down out of the window of a moving vehicle. You know what I'm talking about? When it pushes your hand up and then when you flick your wrist down, it pushes it down. It's Uh. light. It's breezy. It's catchy AF. And I can't believe it's Max. We need like an, I can't believe it's not butter. I can't believe it's Max Martin. Oh my God. Merch idea. That is how I feel about (laughs) this song especially. So this song was written by Adele, Max, and Shellback for Adele's 25 album. 
Max and Shellback also handled production. Now, there's a fun little story behind how Max and Adele connected. So Adele was writing for the album with Ryan Tedder. They went to lunch where they heard Taylor Swift's 2012 single, I Knew You Were Trouble. And Adele was like, mm, okay, banger alert. And Ryan was like, yeah, I know, right? Like this was produced by Max Martin. And he apparently had to send her some clips of Max's work because apparently Adele had never heard of Max Martin before. Oh, no. Adele! So, Mary, <sighs> if you were Ryan, here's a little fun hypothetical for you. You're sitting across from Adele. You're trying to educate her on who <sighs> is Max Martin. Which clips of the ocean of hits would you share with her to convince her that she needs to work with him? Well, I would share the Holy Trinity. I would probably do Baby One More Time. Bye, bye, bye. And uh, I want it that way. To make sure she knew that there was some range from the really like er, er, pops but then you gotta mix in something like something right. out like celine dion you gotta you know, get what, that's what i was saying yeah. I, think, I think i would mix in celine yes because that's more like adele's speed but i'm glad we have the same holy trinity by the way yes how crazy though like adele my girl so anyways she's like holy shit i need max Duh. <laughs> so they booked a session together and apparently to make this song adele was reworking like a skeleton of a song that she first wrote when she was 13 years old one three that's right mary and i were trying to convince our parents we needed a bra <laughs> and adele has been writing songs so after she was inspired by the release of amy winehouse's album that came out in 2003. That's what this skeleton of this song was inspired by. So Max came to London. Adele showed him this little guitar riff she had because, of course, she has a guitar riff because right. she's Adele. And Send My Love to Your New Lover was written. And on Max, Adele has said that she could just hang out with him forever. Quote, he's so beautiful and lovely and funny and generous and warm <laughs> and caring. He's a really amazing man. That's my Adele. That was very good. <laughs> Thanks, Mary. Adele, stop robbing it in our faces. Like, we know how great it is. So what do you think about this one, Mary? I was so shocked about this. It doesn't sound like Max to me. I agree. It's a really cool direction for Adele. Like, I feel like that's like a newer direction for her, but that you can hear it in the beak. It's like funky. I love it. Well, literally everybody agrees with you because it went four times platinum in the U.S. and Australia and three times platinum in Canada. Duh. Duh. <laughs> okay, so on to my last one, which might be my favorite song on this entire list. Saving the best for last, baby. Yes, it's Kesha. And yes, it's Okay, we gotta start with the beginning. As soon as you hear her little giggle and dance. <laughs> dance. Mary, when I heard this for the first time in the year 2011 in my dorm room, I'm damn near passed out. I was just so excited to dance to this in a frat basement. I can't even tell you. When she's like, dirt and glitter cover the floor. Dirt and glitter. 
I was like, yes, that's going to be me in a basement one day. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, Kesha was the soundtrack to our college, I would say, honestly. We are so lucky that these songs came out when we were in college. This one, like, shouldn't be that surprising to me mm-hmm. that it's Max because, like, once you know, yeah, now, and those amazing beats from the very beginning. Like, you know exactly what song it is. There's no downtime. It just gets right into the good stuff. And this song is another feat of collaboration. It was written by Kesha and a handful of producers, including Max, Dr. Luke, who we do not love for all the things Kesha Mm. has accused him of, and we believe her, and Benny Blanco. Flashback to Selena, her new boyfriend. Oh, my God. He's actually worked on a lot. It's pretty surprising. We're grateful to him for giving us the gift that is blow. Dance. I mean, show me a more iconic, recognizable intro. Maybe the laughing in the beginning of Wannabe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, probably. There are a few, but they are few and far between. Let us know in the comments. An iconic (laughs) intro. Roast us. Tell us what we forgot. I'm feeling feisty. Oh, my God. Okay, so my last one can never be just one. It's my last five. And that's because I wanted to touch on Pink. And we are going to do a Pink episode, probably about one of her earlier albums. But but in her later discography, Pink has worked with Max a lot. So I just felt like we should touch on a few of these songs. They're surprising. They're recognizable. They're everything we're trying to accomplish in this episode. And again, this is not necessarily an artist I would associate in my mind with Max Martin. Like Pink has never been your stereotypical run-of-the-mill pop girly. She's this incredible rebel that I think straddles that alternative pop line so well. I've always been a fan of her music. However, I've noticed that a lot of the melodies and choruses of some of her 2010 plus songs get stuck in my head. For example, na 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 Like, I mean, she has these like catchy choruses and surprise, surprise, all roads seemingly linked to Max Martin, even when I least expect it. So I thought it'd be fun to hear what Pink has had to say about Max. The funniest part about our relationship is neither one of us wanted to work together originally. So I brought three bottles of wine and we started on the first and we were not going to write a song until we got through the first bottle. And in that time, it kind of took the pressure off. Max is so musical, you know, he's known outside of people that know him for pop music, right? Singles, he's the single guy. But his knowledge of music is so vast. He's such a closet punker. I mean, he just, he amazes me. And I really got a chance to get to know him and you just fall in love with him really easily. I think what he is good at is is holding me back, actually, because I tend to oversing. I mean... A great chef says the most important ingredient is the thing you leave out. He sort of takes all of you and then goes, these parts are fantastic. Let's work with this. So obviously she, like everyone else, is a huge fan. And let's just run through quickly a few key Pink and Max Martin collaborations. First one, Just Like Fire. Just Like Fire. This song has been praised for both maintaining Pink's signature sound, but also covering new ground for her stylistically. Like, she has a rap style breakdown in there. She 
pitches up in the final chorus. Just like It's definitely got beats. A memorable melody and chorus. I also feel like they should just use it for all sporting events. It's very inspiring. Okay, <laughs> next one. Raise your glass. So raise your glass if you Now, I think it's a bop. It has a very strong pop sound. How about this lyric? We're talking about Max Martin lyrics, and I like to draw attention to ones that remind me of, like, loneliness is tragical. Loneliness is tragical. Anything, and I want it that way. Like, how about don't get <laughs> fancy, just get dancy. Don't be fancy, just get dancy. That is gotta be a max martin line in this song <laughs> he's like yeah the americans will like this and it's so interesting i just read a book about max martin i am not a stalker i swear but they talk about how like the swedish producers tend to feel that lyrics just kind of like tend to complicate a song and it's not necessarily about the lyrics it's about the melody so they just you know will throw whatever in there that sticks it seems like sometimes but that makes sense but the chorus it hits super hard i just definitely hear max on this the next one i didn't hear max on as much another surprise for me and that is the song who knew you said definitely less upbeat i hear max on this in the final chorus, there's definitely a pitch change. I have also learned to look for intros from him with isolated guitars, like Since You've Been Gone. Yeah. Um, we get that in Who Knew as well. So also, I, I want it that way. Right. So there is definitely that feature in this. In his Polar interview, Max said that Pink has always said that she didn't want to be coached on her vocals, but Max felt he was able to help her find the sweet spot in this song. He said that sometimes there's something very special when someone with an amazing voice sings something very simple. And sometimes that's enough. And that's what works best in this song. And the challenge is to make artists feel okay to keep it simple sometimes. I still think Pink sang the hell out of the song, but I think she may have been holding back a little bit. And Max was like, that's okay, because with what you're saying, you don't need to do your like, ah, you know, Christina riffs and runs or whatever you want to do. So you I get just- the emotion out of it still. Yeah. Like, it doesn't sound like it's lacking anything to me. No, it worked. I liked hearing about that. Two more from Pink and Max. You and your hand. Keep your We get that recognizable intro right away with those beats that, uh, 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 uh. They do indeed hit hard. Pink wrote the song with Max and Dr. Luke that we do not support. And another Swedish writer-producer that we've mentioned before, Rami Yacoub. This song has often been compared to the Veronica song Forever, which... I mean, again, makes sense because both songs are written by Max. So I definitely hear the parallels a little bit. 
like the chorus, like, baby, we're not gonna live forever. And I'm not here for your entertainment. Like, it's definitely you similar. Really yeah. Yeah. A little bit. But, I mean, you can only have so many tricks in your toolbox, right? Like, my God. Right. And then finally, so what? So recognizable. There are synths in the background. The waiter just took my table and gave it to Jessica Simpson. There's heavy beats. The song was applauded by critics. They called it terrifically catchy and described the chorus as one that practically begs you to chant along. Huh. Max Martin's hands are all over this and all of these like modern hits from Pink. I'm like freaking shocked that Max Martin did these songs, even though like this was illuminating to say the least. Absolutely. So that's what we have in part one. I don't think we mentioned this is going to be a two-part series. Kelsey, what can they expect in part two? Okay, in part two, we're going to do a deep dive on two particular artists who I would argue are like the biggest artists in the world right now, Taylor and Ariana. One-namers, because yes. they are such frequent collaborators of Max's. So we're going to go through our favorite tracks that they've worked with Max on and it's just going to be totally Taylor and Ariana Focus. I know it's outside of like our typical time period, but it's just so fun. I mean, it's still mid-2010s. It'll still be like a fun little throwback, but it's still just so eye-opening to hear these songs that Max helped produce and write and contributed vocals on even. It's a really, really fun one. I mean, all roads lead to Max Martin. Yeah, it's out of our time period, but he is the thread that we are following along on his journey right now. So we've got to see this out. We've got to see where this man goes. So tune in for part two. It's almost like a part three. because we're Yes, about part three. Literally like a part three. So thank you guys so much for listening. We do have a fun review to read as usual. If you leave us a review and five stars or any stars, frankly, we'll take no three. five. Okay, five, 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 five stars. If you leave us five stars and a review, we'll read it on the podcast. Mayor, do you want to do the honor of reading Emmy's review? Okay, this is from our sweet listener, Emmy. She said, I was born in 1998 and I missed out on the Backstreet Boys at NSYNC, but I caught up. Growing up, my mom was a Backstreet Boys lover. Great taste. And she would play their greatest hits. So I grew up with them. And when I was 14, I started getting into them and I love them. But listening to your Backstreet episode got me into them even more. So thank you for your podcast and love the way you are passionate. One of my favorite podcasts. So five stars like the Backstreet Boys. Oh, thank you, Emmy. That literally brings a tear to my eye. That's why we do it, Kels. That's why we're sitting in our closet at 8.30 on <laughs> Tuesday night. <laughs> so thank we you, have. Emmy. Seriously. <laughs> Emmy, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your sweet review. And thank you to anyone who's listening to us right now ramble about Max Martin, our bearded wonder. We love you guys. Hope your year is continuing off to an incredible start. And we'll see you for part two. Bye. Bye.